Join us, friends. Great Scott Spa Guy. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost Spa Guy? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right, all right. It is the Spa Guy, and it is... Club Trotting with Trey. And we are not wishing Cotton was a monkey, but we know that there's people out there that are. In fact, I would go so far as to say we live in a fake world where people just make stuff up and just go with that because it sounds good instead of actually researching and trying to figure out what really happened. In fact, the subject that we have today, Trey, I would say that there is a bumper crop, a plethora, if you will, of people that don't really want to know the truth. They would rather hate on this man than actually know what really happened. Yeah, we're going to talk about the one, the only Colonel Tom Parker. His real name was what, Trey? Um, <laughs> you pronounce it, Billy, the, uh, what is Cornelius, Cor, uh, what is it, Cornelius? It's Dries Van Kalk. Say it again. Dries Van Kalk. So where am I getting Cornelius from? It's Cornelius. Dries oh, Van Kalk. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And so it looks like um, when you look at his last name, it looks like it's Van Kujik, is how I would pronounce it. Uh, pronounce it, but it's actually pronounced in um, in the Netherlands, in Holland, it is pronounced Van Kalk. Oh. The reason I know that is because I've actually been to Breda, where the colonel was born at. And learn from the locals, a uh, very nice lady there that took me around, showed me where the colonel was born at, showed me where his father worked, showed me where they lived after the father passed away and they moved to a different part of town uh, and told me all of the local history, which I have videos of on my channel, uh, The Spa Guy. And um, I just found that a, a very interesting pronunciation for that. But they, uh, the Dutch language is very interesting, uh, to say the least. And he was very Dutch. So where did the name Tom Parker come from? Yeah, that's a good question, Billy. Where did the name Tom Parker come from? Okay, so the, the answer to that is, is when he moved to America, when he came to America, and he came twice, by the way, on a cruise ship or on a ship. The second time he would, the first time when he got off the ship, he didn't have paperwork signed by his parents, so they sent him back. Okay. The second time, he was actually working for the cruise line, which would be the Holland line, Holland American. And uh, what we believe he did was came on the ship and then just got off and just disappeared into the into the sunset. He ended up in Florida. Yeah. Didn't he, didn't he come into Mobile? I believe he came into Mobile. That's right. And he he ended up, <laughs> that's right. And he ended up um, spending a lot of time in Florida, and he actually joined the military. He was in the United States Army. And the guy that he, the first person that he spoke to uh, about joining the Army's name was Tom Parker. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so Cornelius became Tom Parker at this point in his life. <laughs> Cornelius Dries became Colonel Tom Parker. And he took on the name Colonel uh, because he was, and some people go, oh, he wasn't a colonel. You know, no, he wasn't a colonel in the military, but he was a Kentucky colonel, 
which our friend Dave, the insurance guy, is a Kentucky colonel. And I have been nominated to be a Kentucky colonel by someone. I just haven't done the paperwork. So you may have to start calling me Colonel Spa Guy. Colonel Spa Guy. I, hey, <laughs> that fits you perfectly, Billy. <laughs> exactly. Colonel and Spy I'm wearing guy. my hat. And this is actually a, uh, a shout out to uh, Brian Johnson, the lead singer for ACDC from Australia. And um, by the way, just a little tidbit, this has nothing to do with Colonel Tom Parker or nothing to do with anything, really. But that is, um, I find it interesting what uh, ACDC is actually called in, um, in uh, Australia. Do you know? ACDC. <clears throat> And the reason I say that is if you see the lead singer for ACDC, the current lead singer, which is the third one, by the way, Bon Scott was the second lead singer for ACDC, not yeah. the first. And uh, Brian Johnson, uh, which is the current lead singer and the third, always wears a hat like this. Every time you see him, he's wearing a hat like that. And he's the one that has the microphone up in his face like that. And he's singing, Maggie Black, hit the sack. You know, he's got that screaming type voice. Which, man, that's got to be hard on your voice. But anyway, uh, what do they call ACDC in Australia? Which I don't know. Australian band. What is it? They call them Akadaka. Akadaka. That's ACDC. Akadaka. All right. <laughs> well, hey, Colonel Spy Guy, if you ever do become Colonel Spy Guy and fans have to start calling you the Colonel, just promise me one thing, Colonel. I was saying. Don't be walking around dressed like him and taking photos dressed like him. That's not cool. Don't do that. Well, uh, Colonel Sanders from Kentucky Fried Chicken fame was a Kentucky colonel as well. And that's why we call him Colonel Sanders. That's right. All so right. It, that is a thing. Being a, so a lot of people probably just learned a lot just in this per first 40 seconds about Colonel Parker. Yeah. They never knew. Yep. How he became known as Colonel Parker. And he uh, took on that title. And and the one thing that I will say is there's a lot of famous people. Name the um, the manager for Michael Jackson. I can't. Name the manager for Celine Dion, for Prince, for Madonna, for uh, who who else would be in that in that league? Um, to tell you the truth, I can't I can't name any managers for <laughs> exactly, but everybody knows Colonel Tom Parker. You're right. Right. And, and, there's, there, and there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason. He was legendary. So for some of you people that don't know, the Colonel was one of the very first people to put on concerts at the level that they're put on today. And what we're talking about is when they were going and they were doing concerts at these venues, a lot of times it would be basketball arenas, that kind of stuff. Um, those, they had to actually learn how to, uh, and had to create PA equipment, sound equipment for those things because it didn't exist. They had to, uh, Elvis was very much instrumental and and not him so much himself, but him being on the road and the colonel sending him to these places. And uh, what was the what was uh, Elvis's um, 
uh, sound man's name. Uh, Bruce, is it Bruce? Um, it's not coming to me. His name is not coming to me. But anyhow, he was the one that started coming up with bigger stuff and how to hook things together. And a lot of people may not know, but they would actually fly. Like now, they fly uh, PA equipment. You go to a concert, and the speakers are up in the air. What they had was a giant platform, and they would put the speakers on top of the platform and raise it up over Elvis's head so he would stand under the PA equipment. So okay. if something fell, it would fall on him. So it's very rare to see a wide shot of that where you could see that above his head, but they are out there. You'll see them because most everything is concentrated just on Elvis. You yeah. don't really see a wide shot of the of the. So we're talking about in the 70s. Yeah, we're talking about 70s. And what had happened was Disney was doing things like Disney on ice. They were doing some shows where they were traveling around and taking PA around and they spent the money to do the, to get the, uh, the, the engineers in these buildings to go up and into the rafters and figure out the hang points that would work for sound equipment. So it's actually Disney that paid to mark the spots where you would hang the things. So it was a combination of the Elvis show with the Colonel and Disney. And a lot of the things that the Colonel did in how he transported um, people, equipment, went from town to town. Um, a lot of those things are used today by concerts like Taylor Swift. They would use things that the Colonel invented in a current day Taylor Swift concert because the Colonel was the first one to do it at that level. Yeah. It's incredible, man. So you see, that's just more things about the Colonel. And, you know, the Colonel takes, he's like Dr. Nick. He takes a bad rap in this Elvis story. And the thing about it is, um, it, it's funny when you, when people tell you why they hate the Colonel, most of it's just crap. It's, it's stuff. Not, it's not true. true. It's mm -hmm. not true. And, but Hey, but try to tell these people it's not true. <laughs> you, you know, but um that's kind of sad for colonel parker in my opinion yeah it is and and the thing about the human condition is that's that's bizarre to me is if you tell the average person something bad about someone they take it in and consider it the gospel and they'll go repeat it mm -hmm. if you tell somebody something good about someone they'll go oh that's nice and they'll yeah. never go tell anybody <laughs> you see what i'm saying it's just something the human uh, human nature is that people like to hate other people. I don't know why. It's sad that it's like that, but we're in a fallen creation, and I believe that that is why. But there's a lot of times, in and the colonel is a, is a great example, where they say something that the colonel did this, and they use that, and it's just absolutely not true. So... Something that happened recently was you interviewed a guy. It's on your channel, right? Yes. That wrote a book about the Colonel. And so tell us a little bit about, it's actually a guy that wrote a book with a guy mm -hmm. that was with the Colonel. Even as a kid, this guy met the Colonel and the Colonel almost took, took him in as a child pretty much and let him live with him. So there's a new book out guys called Elvis and the Colonel. I'm sure we'll probably put a link to where you can order it in this video. But I interviewed the author, Marshall Terrell, 
the other day. It's on my globe trotting with Trey channel. Uh, make sure to watch that after you watch this interview. I um, spent about over an hour with uh, Marshall on this uh, this video uh, episode, and we just discussed the book and stories in the book. And yeah, it's a it's a it's a book by Greg McDonald. And who Greg McDonald was, he was a young guy, young teenager that met the colonel in Palm Springs, met Elvis in Palm Springs, and got to know Colonel Parker and his wife. And Greg kind of was didn't really have a home back that time in his life. And he he wasn't going to school and things like that. And that bothered Colonel Parker and his wife, uh, Maria. So there's just a little thing that you probably never heard of Colonel Parker. They took in this young kid and let him live with them so he would go to school there in Palm Springs, cooked for him and allowed him to have like a home life. Greg McDonald and Greg McDonald would go on and manage some big uh, uh, performers that everyone knows uh, that you'll learn from in this book. And he also became very uh, a big time manager there in Palm Springs. Uh, and a lot of the stuff was a lot of the stuff was from Colonel Parker. Yeah. All right. And Colonel Parker would help him and keep up with him. And uh, and Greg is driving Colonel Parker from Los Angeles to Palm Springs during the Elvis movie years. Greg is hanging around Elvis. Greg has a lot of stories with Elvis. And actually, if you'll go and look at my show uh, from yesterday on Globe Trotting with Trey. I uh, take you to a place where Elvis robbed a store at in Palm Springs. Robbed a store, Elvis. You ever heard of that? I'm not going to tell you about it. You go have, go have to. You're going to have to go watch my show because this is from Elvis and the Colonel book, or Marshall Terrell and Greg McDonald. That's a story that I learned from that book. And Spy Guy and I researched it out and found the uh, actual location and the building's still there. So Billy, you and I went in there. Filmed, talked to the guys uh, behind the counter, which is the original counter. And uh, I think we gave one of those certificates uh, to, to the location, right? We, El- yep. we Elvis-lized it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but Greg McDonald has some fascinating stories about Colonel Parker and stories that Colonel Parker shared with Greg on these long drives that he would do with Colonel about his early life. The Colonel actually told him a lot of things that he probably didn't tell anyone about growing up and things he did in the circus. And, and Greg had firsthand knowledge of the pay, the pay scale of what Colonel made and what Elvis made and what Colonel spent out of his share. So, so all of this is in a book and uh, uh, actually Marshall and I break it down on that episode. If you go to my Globe Trotting with Trey channel, I actually took that out of our interview and I have that separate, but we break down Elvis and Colonel's 50-50 partnership. You know, everyone's, everyone wants to tell you that, you know, the Colonel stole all this money from Elvis. But did he actually do it, Spy Guy? What do you think? I think the answer is no. Why do you think the answer, answer is no? Because for one thing, Elvis was not a fool. And the second thing, the colonel is not going to take advantage of his boy. He was there. It was a partnership. That's what you do. You help each other. You have a fiduciary responsibility as a business partner to make sure that you're taking care of the other person in the in the business. Right. Yeah. That breaks the law if you don't. Right. Yeah, so, I think it does. Yeah. So and so the thing about colonel is think about this. Colonel Tom Parker 
only managed Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley had all of Colonel Parker's time, right? And Greg said Colonel was a workaholic, that, you know, he worked hours all day long. I mean, every day. He rarely took off. It was, His whole life was his work, was managing Elvis. Think about how lucky Elvis truly was to have one person like Colonel Parker, who's a genius in marketing and doing shows and stuff like that and getting the, the most out of people's pocket to give to his boy Elvis and line his pocket with money. Colonel Parker, to me, was a genius on all that. And there's some stories in the book that I'll talk about in a second that I just love uh, that gave me some more insight in Colonel Parker and how he did uh, dealings with people. But man, think about how lucky Elvis was, Spock. I to actually have a person like Colonel Parker that actually gave all of his time to that to Elvis Presley. I wish I had an agent like that, that just me was the, I was their main man and no one else. Well, uh, and the one aspect of that is, is the one of the reasons that I believe that we're talking about Elvis Presley today is because of that attention that he got from the Colonel. The Colonel made sure that everybody knew who he was when he was on uh, the Ed Sullivan show. He was the highest paid when he was during the movie years. He was the highest paid actor of all time at that point. So let me tell you that story. That's one of my favorite stories uh, in this book is uh, when Elvis, when Colonel went to Los Angeles to make that movie deal with the studio, he had to go in a meeting with the executives there. And it's Colonel Parker and it's, um, Last Fogel. Last Fogel, that, that name sounds familiar, right, mm -hmm. Billy? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. And then it's the three executives for the studio. Um, was it Paramount? It was... Um, no, it was... Uh, Warner uh, Brothers, wasn't it? Warner Brothers. Yeah. All right. In the room. This is for the first movie. This is for... Love wasn't Me it Jack Warner? Love Me Tender. Yeah. All right. Well, Colonel wanted a certain amount of pay for Elvis. All right. And they weren't going to give it to him. So what does the Colonel do during this meeting? He gets up and leaves the meeting. <laughs> All right. And and he, he tells them where he'll be at at the hotel, you know, if they want to do business. And Last Fogel was like, Colonel, what are you doing? You're going to blow this deal. And he looked at Last Fogel and he said, let me tell you. How can you lose something you don't have? Mm -hmm. Colonel gets up and leaves, goes back to the, I don't know if it was the Beverly Wilshire or uh, one of those. Uh, uh, probably be the Beverly Wilshire at that time. And uh, that afternoon gets a phone call and Elvis got the pay that Colonel was asking. Mm -hmm. That's in the book. I thought that that's Colonel Parker. He 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 had a, an authority thing about him, and he demanded a certain pay, and he was going to get what he wanted, or you're not going to get his boy. Yeah. All right. And Elvis did work for free. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of shows Elvis didn't get to do because they didn't pay what Colonel Parker wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's things like, well, that's fine for um for me, but what about my boy? Yeah. He would do that. Yeah, $25,000. Well, that's fine for me, but what about Elvis? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think there was one of those shows back then, fifty in the fifties and fifty six, the Colonel did something like that. You know, um, actually, it might have been with um, uh, uh, Jackie Gleason. Yeah, Jackie Gleason had really good stuff to say about uh, about Colonel Parker, and I think uh, I think in this book, I think Greg even quotes uh, Jackie Gleason in that book of some kind of dealings he had with a colonel and, and stuff like that. I think Colonel even called him and stuff and said, Hey, you want me to manage you? <laughs> I would have never made that dumb deal <laughs> that your manager did or something like that. But I think Colonel Parker's ability is, is a genius. I think that uh, unfortunately his story, uh, there's been so many years now since both of them have been, have died that just all the cra- crazy took over. You know, all the people talking and believing and then running with the that and then the unfortunate nonsense fairy tale movie that we had with Boz Lerman. I mean, they just make Colonel Parker the penguin in the Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And just kind of paint his character in the penguin kind of character. And that he's Elvis's villain. You know, Elvis yep. is a hero, which really in the Boz Lerman movie, I didn't think Elvis was any kind of hero in the movie. I thought that they portrayed Elvis in a terrible light in that film that whole but, movie was wigwam it was all wishing wish the monkey it was yeah. all fake yeah and and you know and and I, you know i had a comment i i had somebody come in on my video with um with marshall about uh just someone else trying to make money off elves writing a book and i wrote to this person i was like did you write to boz larman who made millions of dollars off of Elvis Presley with a fake, completely terrible fake story of Elvis. Did you write to him and say that? And you're worrying about a guy that actually lived and and rode around with Colonel Parker wanting his story out there after that stupid movie? He's wanting to tell what really happened. That was his. He watched that movie. Greg McDonald watched that movie and was so upset how they portrayed his friend in that movie that he felt like it was time for him to share his story of the Colonel Parker he knew. And that's what this book is. It's a real story of a real man. And you're going to learn things that you didn't think could even exist with Colonel Tom Parker. You know, like Colonel crying. Do you think Colonel Parker ever cried? You think Colonel Parker had a heart? None. Of, I mean, people don't. So let's bring that up. That's a very, very good point. That's a, a nice transition point. So a lot of people said, um, the colonel did show up after Elvis passed away. He showed up wearing a Hawaiian um, outfit. There's a reason for that. Tell us why, Trey. He was in the town, in the next town for uh, where Elvis's concert was. He was in uh, Maine, right? Maine. Was in Maine. That's right. Yep. He was in Maine when he got the news of Elvis dying, and he flew straight to Memphis without any kind of clothes. He had his clothes that he would use on tour. He didn't have a suit. So he flew in with the clothes mm-hmm. that he had on. And he, you know, he takes clothes. a bad rap for that. He takes yeah. a, That's one of the things. But did you know that? Did you know that he flew straight from where he was working for the concert to Memphis? And he took the clothes that he had with him on that trip. Mm-hmm. So and there's I mean, the story of him crying behind the house in Palm Springs that we went to recently. What is that? Yeah, after after Elf, after the death, after the funeral, after everything that Colonel had to do, you know, business wise, he came back home to home to Palm Springs, 
and he called Greg and Greg came over to the house and Greg and Colonel sat in the backyard and Colonel cried about Elvis's, you know, Elvis's death. And they, you know, talked about the memories and the stories and they both sat back there and he said, Colonel Parker cried. Yeah. But that was his friend. But see, people want to tear other people down and, and say that they have ulterior motives and stuff. The Colonel showed up in a Hawaiian dress uh, Hawaiian shirt and probably shorts, I would imagine, because that's all he had. Mm-hmm. That's not that wasn't him being disrespectful. That's what he had. He wanted to get there as quickly as he could to help the family, to console Vernon, to console the family, and people faulted him for that. And mm-hmm. I just hate that about people. Why are y'all so, why are y'all like that? Why do y'all want to get on somebody because you don't know what they're you don't know their life, you don't know what they're doing. This guy loved Elvis. And so another thing he gets a bad rap for that Marshall talks about in this book is the catalog being sold. They blame the Colonel for it. It was Elvis. Mm-hmm. Supposedly about- Elvis, he signed that catalog because he needed money on the divorce from Priscilla. And Colonel tried and Colonel tried to talk him out of it. And Colonel, you know, Elvis gave him one of those things where with that he'd get somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. And see, the thing is, is the Colonel was all about the publishing. He had to have half the publishing or all the publishing. He had to have points on a song. He had to have all these things. And when that catalog was sold, everything that the Colonel worked for with all of that was gone with that. That was just dumb is what that was. And the Colonel tried to stop it, yet... If you ask the average person that would know anything about the Elvis story today, they would say the Colonel did that. To make money. To make money. And it wasn't the Colonel at all. It was Elvis trying to pay Priscilla off to keep from losing Graceland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And talking about losing Graceland, you know, if the Colonel was so terrible and and stuff, why did uh, Vernon call him in 78 about Graceland and needing help managing the estate? And the Colonel went to work as Colonel Parker and made a five million merchandising deal that saved Graceland in 78. Mm-hmm. A few years before EP, uh, mm-hmm. before they opened uh, uh, to, the, to the fans, Colonel Parker made the deal that saved that house. Mm-hmm. And then after Vernon died, they screwed the Colonel out and of they screwed the, they yeah. screwed the Colonel. Yeah. They screwed the Colonel. Mm-hmm. And they took him to court and, uh, <laughs> um, kind of funny i am not going to discuss that but they they took him to courts and just all kind of whatever they could run with whatever they could run with to paint him in in a certain way way familiar yeah Yeah. exactly it does sound familiar Mm -hmm. um uh dishonest human beings you know Mm -hmm. but the thing is uh the thing is you know how that black screen pops up at the end of that elvis movie Mm -hmm. and they talk about that uh uh colonel had to pay uh, EPE two million dollars. What do they leave out? The EPE had to pay the colonel two million dollars. Is yeah. what actually happened. That's what actually happened, right? Because it, but it made it out like the colonel. Yeah, and I don't think they said he paid two million dollars. They said something like the colonel lost the lawsuit or something of that nature. The reality is, is they had to buy the rights to Elvis from the colonel. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. we want to make sure that's right. I know that yeah. it went black and it was something that looked positive for EPE, Yeah, uh-huh. but they left out the part that Colonel got paid. Yeah, that's right. They had to pay the Colonel, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a, you know, there's a reason you, you lose the lawsuit. 
they had to buy it from him. Basically, they for what what they did was basically forced him out of it so they could own it. That's that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what they did. Yeah. But you know, I just I felt like you know uh, for Vernon to call Colonel Parker to help him manage uh, Graceland to me speaks volumes of Colonel Parker and what he could do and what he did. You know, and also guys, you'll learn in this book the reason we have the Aloha from Hawaii concert is because Colonel wanted Elvis something to get excited about. So he would take better, better. um, He would take more control of his health and, and get better in what he was doing at that point in his life. That was all, all done by Colonel Parker because he learned that if he could get Elvis something that would just excite him, that would make him focused on his work on his show that Elvis would be a better Elvis Presley. And, you know, you can take that for what it is, but that is uh, talked about a lot in the book because of discussions with Colonel and Greg that they had, Um, you know, so there's Aloha from Hawaii because he, you know, he wanted Elvis to get straight. He wanted Elvis to. to And Elvis did. But as soon as that was over, you remember what, was it Dean that told us? Oh, so sad. It's talked about in the book. Yeah, the very next night, Elvis is just zonked out of his mind. Yeah, they were supposed to go somewhere in Hawaii, and Elvis was on the couch out of it. Mm-hmm. The very next day. He held it together enough to do the concert, to get it done, and then just went back to his old ways again. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, when, when they made the deal, when Elvis and the Colonel made the deal of the partnership, Elvis told the Colonel that, that, um, you worry, you worry about how much we bring in. I worry about what goes out. Me and daddy will worry about what goes out. And Colonel was like, okay. And you got to look at his, his side of it. Colonel always lived up to what was brought in. And I'm telling you, you know, Remember me and you laughed yesterday, one of these new Elvis YouTube channels that pops up that ever, you know, you know, and they did a story about that Hollywood dejected Elvis or what was that? What was that word that I read to you and you laughed about? Um, it was something about like how Hollywood turned its back on Elvis. Yeah, it was something along that line. Well, yeah. well dang, man, Elvis was the Elvis was the highest gross actor during his whole time in Hollywood. Yep. So when did Hollywood turn its back on him? It's just more made-up stuff for clicks. That's all it is. But Hollywood did, uh, but Colonel Parker made that happen for Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis was getting banked, man. He was making that money all during the 60s, even though some of the movies are crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there was uh, a point where he was just phoning those things in, and they're hard to watch. Yeah, and I hate that. That's the it's only thing cool. that I, I wish that, uh, that's something I, I do wish the Colonel would have uh, done better is let's get some better movies mm-hmm. because I think Elvis would have still made, made, but there was just a certain formula that was just clicking and that was making lots of money. And you know how it is when you're making a lot of money, you're not going to go away from what's bringing the money in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's good and there's bad, there's good and bad and everything. But I do believe that Colonel Parker's whole story is really done wrong uh, to him today. I really feel like he deserves a little bit more respect 
from Elvis fans than he does get. And, and, and that's, the guy, that's me that's really deep in this guy's life and Elvis Presley's life as far as learning and, and trying to, to learn real things and trying to figure out what is not factual and what is factual and, and things like that. I believe that uh, I believe that Colonel Parker takes a terrible rap. I just really do. Let's go back. This is not in the book. This has nothing to do with the book. But, you know, you another thing that people will always say, oh, he was an illegal alien. When the colonel came here in 1928, 1929, you did not have to have a passport to get into the United States. It was not required. So he, <laughs> he came here and joined the military. And I may be wrong. Is it 28, 29, I think is right. That sounds right. Yeah, and uh, and if if I'm wrong about that, I apologize. But that's I'm just going from memory. But at that time, it was not required to have a passport. In fact, the laws that would require all that really didn't come into play until 1978. So this illegal alien thing you can throw out the window now. That's that's out the window. But people will still say it. Sadly, yeah. yeah. And the colonel knew three presidents personally. Do you think he couldn't have gotten, if he needed a passport, you think he couldn't have gotten a passport? Yeah. He could have gotten anything he wanted. He was the colonel. He was Elvis's manager. So uh, there's a really uh, funny story in the Elvis and the Colonel book. And guys, I highly recommend y'all reading this. But I also ask, we, we talk about it in the uh, interview, is you please, you know, read it with an open mind. This book is for people that hate the Colonel, Colonel, and it's for people that like Colonel. I want people that hate and like read this book with an open mind, uh, because maybe you'll learn some things that would be like, well, I th- kind of hated him because of something I thought. Yeah, right. But the thing is, there was a there's a story. Uh, there's a lot of cool things about his carnival years, and his carnival years are very uh, important for Colonel Parker because it's exactly what he did with Elvis. Uh, 15 years later. All right. So the Colonel, uh, the, uh, the Colonel pretty much started, he took over the carnivals because people there that worked there soon realized Colonel was bringing in money for him. And, uh, one, one thing that he did there, there was a tent and you had to pay like a, a dime to, to go inside the tent to see the exhibit. Right. So what the Colonel would do inside this tent, he would put a sign up above the exit of the tent that didn't say exit in a certain language, but it did in another language. So people would be in this tent and they would see this sign thinking this was another room of the exhibit and it would make these people leave the tent and then they'd have to come back and pay another dime to go inside the exhibit. Colonel Parker did that. I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) It was brilliant, man. And then the colonel also during his carnival years, he learned that uh, it was better to, it was always better to butter up people and talk, you know, ask people how I can help you instead of being mad at people. You know, and and there was a story about, you know, staying in kind of some uh, dumpy hotel on a road. And uh, the hotel room that the colonel was in didn't have like um, towels in the bathroom and the bed was terrible. And there was a, um, a vacancy light that shined in the window. All right. So the colonel went to the front desk and he told the guy, he said, you know, I, I work in the carnival carnival 
and I go all over this country doing this job. And I just must say to you that you have the nicest hotel that I've ever stayed in of my entire career. And he said that I just wanted to, to tell you how great the room is and stuff like that. Now, this guy is shocked because everybody always is mad at this guy at this hotel because the hotel is terrible, you know. So this guy started trying to work for the colonel. And what I mean by that is he asked Colonel, is there any way I can make the room better for you? And the Colonel was like, you know, now that you mentioned, could I have an extra, you know, two extra towels? And also, is there any way that you could turn off that no uh, vacancy um, uh, sign? Uh, it's, it's shining into my room and I, I'd like to get a lot of sleep tonight. Yes, sir. So the Colonel did things like that. And he started learning that it was better going to people and, and complimenting people in their in their place instead of being mad at something that should be you should be mad about so that is a part that he would learn he would use later on in his dealings with Elvis in this book you're going to learn about the first person that he ever managed when he was in the army it was a girl it was a girl he liked all right second you're gonna you're gonna um uh learn about a guy named Gene Austin and I believe that was his name Gene Austin is somebody that the colonel managed that was a singer before Elvis that people probably don't know about. And there's some stories with what the colonel did with Gene Austin to save money and stuff like that. So there's a lot. And th these are stories that were told to Greg by Colonel Parker. It wasn't, it was not told to Greg by someone else that told that colonel told. These were actually told from the colonel himself. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like the colonel telling his story. That's amazing. And, uh, and a lot of cool stuff in there that you've Spy never guy, heard before. And Spy Guy, you know, I, I feel like you're the best uh, Elvis YouTuber on YouTube about, you know, the Elvis history and the stories and the things that you started and did. You know, there's a lot of people. It's grown since you started this, but you were the first one, in my opinion. And, and just the in-depth history uh, that you did. So I wanted to ask you is, what do you think of Colonel Parker? Well, I've said this many times before. I think no Colonel, no Elvis. That would be my first, my first thing. Um, my second is I thought Colonel was a genius. I do. And I think that he was an innovator. And uh, as you mentioned before, nobody bats a thousand in life. Nobody. They're, you're going to make mistakes just simply by doing stuff. If you don't want to make mistakes, if you want to bat a thousand, just don't do anything. That's the only way. But the colonel didn't win on everything. But I tell you what, he won on enough that here all these years later, we're talking about Elvis and the colonel. You know, they've uh, both been gone a long time, especially Elvis. And um, but he created this legend. You can't create your own legend. Somebody has to help. Somebody has to do that for you. And he created his own. Uh, he created he is the one that set up the things that needed to be set up for Elvis to become legendary. And in, in, in that the Colonel became legendary. He did. Like you mentioned, I, I can't think of any other manager. I can think of Colonel Parker, Elvis and Colonel Parker. Yeah. But you really can't think of any other manager. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Billy, let's, let's talk to the fans a little bit about, you know, the movie even did it, of course. Because the movie had that great research team, you know, that yeah. in that movie. I mean, Boz. Call it that. That's from Boz, you know. 
And uh, uh, the colonel, they said that the colonel worked Elvis to death because of a gambling debt. Yeah, not true. Where, so do you want me to tell about that? I want you to talk about that. Okay, yeah. so, so if, let me ask you this. Have you ever gambled before? You know what they do? They comp you a hotel room? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So I they did. comp stuff. When you're there and you gamble, they want you to come to their hotel to gamble. Yeah. So it looked good for Colonel the Parker. Hill to have Colonel Parker, this famous manager of Elvis, to be in their casino gambling. So do you think that he paid those debts? He didn't have to. They comped them. It was like paying the colonel. It's advertising budget. Yeah, the colonel is in there, and that was told to us by um, uh, one of the people that told us that, and I'm sure it's probably in the book as well. Was uh, Dave Hebler? Yeah, he said they comped all that stuff. The colonel didn't pay that. Well, guess what? In the book, you're going to learn what Hilton said about the colonel. Hilton himself, Conrad, Conrad Hilton himself, laughed about them saying that colonel had a gambling debt. Conrad Hilton. And <laughs> It, when Colonel died, Colonel Parker lived at the Hilton. Colonel was still living or had a place there at the Hilton. So this guy fourth floor. had mm -hmm. a gambling debt, is able to still live at the, the hotel? Billy? Mm -hmm. It's just made up stuff. People like to make up negative things about other people to make them into uh, something negative because they like to say negative things about other people. Quit it. There's you a great you, my mama told me if I don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So all right. go ahead. So, there's a great section in the book talking about the time that Elvis fired the colonel. Or did he really? Well, in the book, you know how the movie. Thank you. Thank you very much. The movie they fired Please, we have three minutes left go hey, ahead they fire the colonel on the stage in the movie right yes and, and Paul elvis, elvis down to <laughs> the, uh drink and elvis was an alcoholic on the stage right that night you know right yeah. come on boys all right so Paul, you, you better than that man elvis, uh, but okay. i guess you're not there was a there was a employee at the hilton at the international i don't know if it was hilton or international at that point which one it was one of them yeah, that, it had been Hilton at the time. That, it was one of the uh, um, um, what would yeah, they what was, did they call him? They called him um, who was it, Billy? What was he? Well, anyway, he got to Elvis. He got to Elvis and let Elvis know that they were firing him or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. He was a he's a waiter, but they didn't call him a waiter. They called him. No, uh, there's another word for it. They were those were the guys that you had to bribe to get to the front. That's him. He was so a major major, okay. He got to Elvis and told Elvis what they were doing. All right. Well, Elvis goes off on the Hilton that night in the concert on stage, saying things that embarrass Colonel Parker to death. Colonel was there with the Colonel, right? Yes, they were at a table in the audience. The Colonel the colonel looked to, I think it was Lorraine, was his secretary. It was, it was someone. The colonel was like, "What the? What is he doing? This is embarrassing and unprofessional, and he can't get away with this. He can't do this." So the colonel had been having some problems with Elvis's behavior, I guess. All right, mm -hmm. 
So the colonel confronts Elvis about it after the show, and they have a big argument. All right. Well, the colonel goes up to the room and gets his assistant, which is the girl that he would end up marrying later. Right? Loanne. Is that who you were trying to think right. of? Right. Loanne. And he has her type out a letter where the colonel officially resigns as his manager in this letter. You know, he was trying to get Elvis's attention to help wake him up just like he did with Aloha. Mm -hmm. Right. And it got to Elvis. Now, the thing is, there was like two or three letters sent. And that's why I want you all to read this book to learn this entire story. But there was like two or three letters sent that night. And and um, Elvis never got back to the colonel. It, it was like three days. It was like three a three day thing that this story takes place in. And Elvis didn't get back to the colonel. And then he called at a certain time and told the colonel to come up to the suite. And then he and Colonel blew up at each other in the suite. And then that is when Elvis supposedly fires a colonel. And the colonel said, you're not firing me. I'm resigning. And then he goes down and, and types out the resignation letter and sends it to the to the Elvis to sign and it'll be over with. And he waits. Then he gets another phone call, blah, blah, blah. And it never happened. Elvis never did fire the colonel. You're going to learn the reality of the story from Colonel Parker in the Elvis and the Colonel book. And it's really fascinating. And it's all it's, it's different from what you hear. It's different from what you hear. And the thing is, uh, Colonel never did get fired by Elvis, right? I mean, he never did. Mm. He was his he was his manager at the end of his life, right? Indeed, he was. You know. So there you Elvis, go. Elvis kept it. So the whole point of this new book is, and, and the whole point of what we're trying to do here is, if you want to actually know what really happened by someone that was there, read the book. Quit listening to all the crap, all the stuff out there, all the negativity. Actually learn it from someone. And that doesn't make everything that he says in this book correct. No. But I think you're going to find that who the real colonel was, was a much different person than he has been painted. And I think if the colonel's family was still alive today, they would have sued uh, Boz's boots off. I yeah, sure that's do. the way that the uh, movie was released is because uh, Loanne died. Yeah, the whole family's gone. And mm -hmm. she died a year before. Yeah, about so, a year before. Mm -hmm. Think about that timing. That's mm -hmm. it right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, I'm sure you and I, just like in anything else that you and I do, we will take a lot of heat uh, for, for this show. Uh, and what I mean is there'll be Elvis fans. It'll be mad at us because we're not taking up for Elvis on certain things. But I'm about to I'm trying to do a real story of this. And I do believe that Elvis would appreciate us taking up for his friends that have been done wrong after the guy's death with false stories, just like I think he would probably appreciate us to, you know, tell people about some of these fake stories that people have said about him after his mm -hmm. all these years later. Uh, I just, I believe that, and you know, I'm a fan of Elvis. I think the guy's story is fascinating. I think Colonel Parker's story is fascinating. And I just ask people to, if you buy this book, read it with an open mind. 
And this book, for all of you people that hate Elf, hate Colonel, none of you hate Elvis, for all of you that uh, hate Colonel Parker, please buy this book and read it with an open mind. And then let me know what you think. And it may not, you know, you may, may learn nothing, but I guarantee you're going to learn something. That's Elvis and the Colonel by Marshall Terrell and Greg McDonald. And uh, we'll put the link in the uh, description of this video. Video yep. you get, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at bookstores, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. They're they're around you now. So if you're at a Barnes and Noble, uh, look for it. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for watching, watching or listening, watching, watching and listening. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate y'all. Tighten up every chance you get. Don't double dribble. And we will see y'all down the next road. time down the road. <laughs>